Welcome to the SNR Podcast. I'm your host, Salima Ismail. Today, you get to hear from Jean Ann Wirtz, Safe and Reliable's very own program training manager and one of SNR's biggest cheerleaders. Michael Leonard once said that Jean Ann embodies the spirit of the culture of SNR, but I'll let you hear that for yourself. My origin story is kind of funny. I started in communication. My background was film and television production and post-production. I I minored in art and art history. And I did that for a number of years. I worked at PBS for five years, totally rewarding, just not really a growth industry. People love PBS. And so when they finally get a job there, they don't leave, right? So there's If you start out at entry level, you're going to be there for a while. And I needed something different. And so my mom, she was director of quality and patient safety at Intermountain Healthcare. She was senior vice president. And so I kind of grew up with this medical nursing, you know, influence in my life and then complete immersion into quality. I mean, my mom talked quality nonstop at our house. And so when I was ready for a change, Intermountain Healthcare was hiring for someone to come and run the Institute for Healthcare Improvement with Dr. Brent James. And so I, I jumped at the chance to do that. In addition to the need for a change in her career, there were some personal experiences that drew Jean Ann to patient safety. I was reflecting on my personal experiences in the healthcare system, and I had run-ins where care was suboptimal, and I was harmed in the process. And thinking this isn't good, this this could be better. And then my mom went in for a procedure, and I realized she could have died at many points along the way if I hadn't been with her twenty-four-seven. I refused to leave her side. I questioned everything because there were just these signals of harm was going to reach my mom through her stay. There was a patient that had her same last name on the same floor. They didn't know which procedure she was going to have when we first arrived. They kept telling us it was going to be this one thing. And we kept saying, no, that's that's not the procedure. And I was just, you know, in post-op, they wanted to give her medications that weren't hers. And I, I just thought, you know, they're trying their hardest to kill my mom. At that point, I said, screw it, I'm going to go get the education I need to be able to make a difference in this area. So while working at the Intermountain course on clinical quality improvement, Jean Ann ended up making a meaningful connection with someone who inspired her and her mission, Dr. Alan Frankel, one of the managing partners of Safe and Reliable Healthcare, the other being Michael Leonard. So I met Alan about almost 13 years ago now, and we became fast friends. It's easy when your mom's South African and then Alan's South African to have like this common overlap where you can start a dialogue with somebody to get to know them. And and Alan just struck me as someone who deeply cares about people, people first, doesn't matter if the person is a patient, that person is a clinician, Alan just cares. And that's what drew me to him. And then his message was so empowering about, you know, a lot of our unintended harm, unintended consequences in healthcare stem from breakdowns in communication. And it really lit a fire in my belly to work in an area that tried to make that better. It really just sort of pissed me off that we continue to have avoidable harm in healthcare. 
people come to us in their darkest hour. We're like a lamppost in the night. And there's a real risk of not being able to not only not help them, but we might harm them. And I just thought, no, you know, there's got to be a better way. Jean Ann's path to a better way was through obtaining a master's in patient safety leadership to solidify and bring academic rigor to her knowledge and skill set. With her newly developed tool set, she was able to advance her mission to amplify the important voices that are not usually heard. Something you should probably know about me is I don't like bullies. I try really hard not to be one. When I see other people being bullied by the system or being bullied by people on their team, I just can't sit by and watch that happen. I will speak up for other people and I will jump in. You know, it might not even be my place to try and surface people's anguish and their pain and their suffering because it's not right, right? And so when I think back about patient safety, I just kind of felt like the system is designed to bully patients, that patients always come in at a disadvantage. They don't have all of the information sometimes, and even when they have it, they may not understand it. And I just thought, you know, we're a, we're a healing profession, we're a caring profession, and we can't tolerate this. On one occasion, Michael and I were up with a client meeting with them and conducting our socio-technical analysis. And we were meeting with this NICU, and it became very clear when speaking with the staff nurses that they adore, respect, and admire their nursing leader in the unit, but they were also being bullied and shamed and mistreated by the clinical staff, the, the physician staff in this unit. And we had nurses crying and, you know, Michael is, is so calm and, and just cool and collected and my heart was breaking for these, these people. And so at the end, you know, Michael and I both kind of sat there and I said, so you have the opportunity here to go to HR and say, this isn't okay. Your leadership knows we're here. They've asked us to come in and, you know, they have an inkling that things aren't quite what they need to be in this unit. Please go and talk with HR. We're going to go talk with your senior leadership team and basically validate what they thought might be happening here. And I said, you can do this. You know, you have the strength and the power to help shape the culture in this unit. After we left, the nursing leaders went, they talked with the executive leaders. The executive leaders were saying, okay, let's get a plan together. And they went and they talked with those physicians and two very toxic physicians left. They didn't like <laughs> that they were kind of being called out and asked to change. And I had two nurses from that unit send me email to say, you changed our lives. You made things better here by telling us if it was okay to stand up for ourselves. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm definitely in the right field. <laughs> The concept of permission to speak up or permission to change that Jean Ann touches on is an important one. But Jean Ann does not believe that permission can only come from one person. When you go into a place, I don't think that it's me or one individual that necessarily creates change. I think that as an organization, Safe and Reliable gives people permission to you know, make the change on their own. I think Safe and Reliable acts as this resource, this guide, and, and this guardrails as people make their journey toward high reliability. In one case in particular, 
we, we had a unit that had suffered from two sentinel events. Two patients had died and they reached out to our team and we had a whole team that was working with this group. And the work that we did with this unit led to active surveillance and all of these tools that we know as experts people could use in the field to prevent harm or death in this case. And within a couple of weeks of this group taking our advice and leadership, freeing up the resources so this unit could be safer to other patients who were kind of headed down that road toward really awful outcome, a sentinel event or death, were caught by this active surveillance team. And I thought, you know, while I didn't personally do the work, while I didn't personally catch this harm from reaching a patient, while we were definitely guiding this group down this more highly reliable path, and they prevented death from reaching these patients. And I thought, this is what it's all about. And Jean Ann believes that there is a specific reason why she and Safe and Reliable were successful in this work. I think one of the key differentiators for Safe and Reliable, what makes us special, right? What separates us from other groups out there trying to engage in in similar work that we do? And it comes down to heart. I think that we don't go in and deliver a set of services. We go in and we give people our heart. They know that we care. We're here to help them. It is this relationship piece. We have goods and services and we have products, right? But I think the biggest thing that we have is that we all care. We care deeply about the organizations we partner with. We care deeply about the individuals at the unit level who are delivering care. We care about the patients that they treat. We care for each other. It's the thing that keeps us here. It's the thing that makes us excellent. And in addition to caring, Jean Ann believes that a main factor of safe and reliable success comes from consistency. I I always like to see the light bulb go on when you're doing, say, a technical training, right? And you see people and you say, we're not going anywhere. We've been here for a year and we're still going to be here in a year from now. And you can ask us and you can reach out to us. And, you know, they're always surprised when we're there, right? They're always surprised when they have a question in that. But I think one of my favorite examples is there is a a group that where we had a new leader and she was the fifth leader in a year to come into this unit. And she was nervous and she didn't quite know what to do. And I remember her texting me, calling me, setting up appointments. Jeannie and I don't know what to do. I have this situation. You know, what's your advice? You're the expert. I said to her, it's about caring. It's about understanding your staff. And it's about caring for them because it doesn't matter what you tell them or what you teach them or how much knowledge you have. They're not going to come with you on this journey until they know that you care about them as a person. So Jean Ann was being there for this new leader the way this person needed to be there for her team. But this is also a reflection of how Michael Leonard and Alan Frankel were there for Jean Ann. I mean, Alan has always been there ever since the first time I approached him and said, hey, do you think you could ever picture working with me? (laughs) He went, yeah, 
in his support as I was getting my education and his enthusiasm for my newfound knowledge. And then Michael, Michael is always there. Every time I've reached out to Michael, he has responded. Every time that I have a question or I'm not feeling certain about something, Michael's always there. But in what ways can a leader show that they are there for their team? There's all sorts of ways to be there, right? It's that there are no dumb questions. It's the listening with fascination when they ask questions, when they have concerns. It's getting to know people as people, not as leader of X unit at X organization. It's literally about being a friend. It's about helping people learn and grow. And that's done through phone calls, texting, emails, setting up a conference call. It's about being available. And being available or being present is something that Jean Ann has been reflecting on a lot lately. You know, one of the biggest things that I've learned over the course of this past year, which has been crazy. I mean, there's 2020 is going to go down in the history books with a little asterisk. It's like the year that was just insane. We don't know how to describe it, right? I think it has caused us to pause and reflect. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed uh, just about myself is that we make mistakes. We say things that we may not mean and we act sometimes in ways that aren't our best foot forward, right? There's those things where we think back on and we go, oh man, I wish I, I wish I would have done that differently, you know, or I, I think I probably could have handled that better. And I think part of being highly reliable is understanding that as humans, we're not perfect and that we make mistakes. And one of the things that I think systems and people need to be open to is extending grace, understanding and accepting that not everything is going to be perfect and not everything is going to be smelling like roses, right? That it's hard and that sometimes we're not as graceful. You know, sometimes we're inelegant as we navigate through things that are unfamiliar, things that scare us. And getting back to that piece about safe and reliable, having a heart, I mean, it really makes us who we are is also affording others the acceptance to say, you know, it's okay. I mean, I understand that, you know, that might not have been our finest moment, but you're not alone and we'll get through it. If you would like to contact Jean Ann Wirtz or would like to submit any questions or comments about the podcast, please email podcast at srh.care. That's all for today. The Safe and Reliable podcast was produced and edited by me, Salima Ismail. Our theme music was produced by MonkeyMan535 from freesound.org. Special thanks to Jean Ann Wirtz. And a very special thanks to you for tuning in. See you again soon.